On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, supercharging will soon stop being free for life for new orders, but it still seems like a pretty good deal. Meanwhile, the Model S and X each get minor but interesting design studio changes. The Model 3 makes another public appearance with a couple new changes and more. Welcome, friends. It is episode 67 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast for November 13th, 2016. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined, as always, fortunately, by the uh, restless but nevertheless healthy Maggie the Boxer. Just a quick update for you, because so many of you have kindly reached out on email, on Twitter, over the phone to express your uh, sympathies and encouragement for Maggie. Fortunately, she has uh, she is doing better. She actually, since I last uh, recorded a show last week, I actually spoke to the vet, uh, whereas before it had just been email results over the weekend when I recorded last week's show, and he was genuinely confounded. He really thought, like, how does this dog not have cancer? I mean, he, it, was, it was in a totally nice way, but I, I could actually tell, and I, and I even mentioned it to him on the phone, like, like, it was like, no offense, but you actually sound like, kind of c- surprised by this, and... He acknowledged that, yeah, like this, it doesn't happen often. It does happen, but it does not happen often where a case like Maggie's results in a non-cancer diagnosis. So still no idea where this lesion came from, how it got there, if it just whatever, but uh, the anti-inflammatories are in full effect. Unfortunately, I don't remember if I mentioned this last week, the side effect, which I was warned about, it would make her thirstier. Uh, And so she's having to pee a lot more. And unfortunately, it's such a, apparently it's, the medication is such that she really can't wait to pee. So uh, we've had a few accidents in the house, which is certainly not uh, the norm for a 10-year-old house-trained dog. But uh, it's a a small price to pay. And we're just making sure to leave the door open to the back. And small price to pay to have have my uh, healthy dog back, or at least a, a dog that's on the mend. So... She's sitting there right now looking at me with, with both paws just kind of off her bed like, come on, this is the time we're supposed to go for a walk. I'm, I'm recording on Saturday afternoon today uh, as the wife and kid went off to, uh, to visit some friends. So Maggie, it's just you and me, and we'll go out after I record this, I promise. So with that, uh, let's get to the Tesla news. Oh, by the way, real quick, I wanted to just thank everybody out there. I, I, I'm very careful. I, I want to always, I never want to take the audience for granted because the, this podcast is, is, as I've said, a total one-man operation. And I, you know, I really did it just out of my own enthusiasm. And the fact that so many people have taken an interest and a liking to it is very, very humbling. I had, uh, once again, my biggest single download day ever last week uh, after episode 66 came out, as well as now episode 66 is the most downloaded episode of all of the 66 so far episodes. So uh, whether if you're a new listener, if you're one of the new folks, uh, clearly some new people checking it out, just thank you. Thank you for giving it a try. And thank you for trusting me with approximately an hour of your time each week. If you're new, I hope you'll stick around. Uh, I hope you like what you hear regardless. But anyway, I just wanted to express that quick note of of gratitude on my part. Now, as to Tesla, it's been 
Once again, a fairly busy week. Most weeks <laughs> seem to be reasonably busy with this company, usually in a, in a good, fun way. And this week, it's kind of up to you to decide how fun this first story is, but it is, in my opinion, the biggest news story of the week, and that is the change to the supercharger policy. Now, this is not coming out of the blue for those of you who do listen to this show, uh, because I reported, gosh, it must have been a, about a couple months ago now, Electrek broke the story with the rumor that the supercharger program would be changing and that it would be going to a credits program, a sort of a la carte, pay, or rather a pay-per-use program. And it has, in fact, done that. Tesla sent out the official release. But uh, it's turned out, in my opinion, better than the rumors. Now, obviously, my perspective is one of not being an owner yet and someone who's going to have a Tesla in the form of the Model 3, not someone who has one already or is uh, looking to buy one very soon. So others of you may feel differently. I mean, existing owners, you guys are fine. If you have a Tesla right now, you will get supercharging free for the entire life of your car. That will not change. But for the rest of us, existing or uh, pardon me, existing cars and existing orders provided you take delivery by April 1st, April Fool's Day of 2017, as I said, you will still get free supercharging for life. But every car ordered after January 1st of 2017 will lo- no longer get free supercharging for life and that includes all of us Model 3 reservation holders, because of course, reservation holders are not, reservations rather, are not orders, and so we're not grandfathered in on this. However, what we are going to get is 400 kilowatt hours, which is Tesla says is approximately a thousand miles worth of supercharging access free every year. Presumably, it's going to be a use it or lose it situation, kind of like my sick days at work. Uh, And you can't, meaning you presumably can't roll them over into the following year. But if you think about that, I know it all varies on based on where you live and where you're going, what you want to do. But that's approximately one to two road trips per year on average. You know, again, some of you, that's half a road trip. But uh, I got to figure that's that's one to two road trips per year for most folks, and I've got to believe that that should take care of a lot of customers, myself included. I mean, I, I, had, uh, I had done the math a while back, and it came out, you know, the pay-per-use model came out as seemingly more economically beneficial to someone like me uh, using, you know, the occasional, maybe, like I said, once a year Disney kind of road trip, which is about 800 miles round trip or so, but... <clears throat> Uh, If you need more than the free 400 kilowatt hours per year, you'll be paying an undetermined amount, but one that Tesla says will be, quote, less than the price of filling up a comparable gas car, and uh, one that Tesla acknowledges may fluctuate over time based on the electricity prices in your region. But Tesla does specifically want to point out, quote, our supercharger network will never be a profit center which is exactly the same thing they said about service. And it's so far, that seems to have borne out rather rather accurately. Tesla's been good about taking care of people and taking care of their cars. Now, again, I'm totally fine with this as a reservation-holding future Model 3 owner um, because, again, I, I just think this will cover most people. I think this will definitely cover me. 
And if it if I need more than that, then yeah, okay, it's reasonable to pay a, you know, whatever. Let's say it's, I mean, a, a comparable gas car is probably going to be 20, 25 miles per gallon. So a uh, comparable price for a, I mean, you're, you're, if you use the superchargers correctly, you're really not supposed to be filling up all the way. So let's say, I mean, maybe each supercharger stop on your trip and how many, you know, what are you going to make? Two, three supercharger stops each way on, on average if you're going on a road trip. That's going to cost you maybe $30, $40 per stop. That's, that's not that bad, all things considered. Now, I also believe that now is absolutely the right time to do this because Tesla can't let any Model 3s in on this or else what of course would happen is that every other Model 3 owner, and remember that there are going to be hundreds of thousands and eventually millions of us, would, would get pretty mad if and when it were turned into a pay-per-use model and some Model 3 owners got it. You know, that, that's just going to create an unpleasant political situation you know, amongst Model 3 reservation holders. It's like, well, it's just because I live on this coast and couldn't get my car. So, you know, it would just get messy, in my opinion. So I do think this is the right time to do this for Tesla. You're getting it out of the way now so that everybody can get comfortable with the new system. Plus, any potential bad press out of this, which it didn't really seem like there was any. I mean, news outlets did pick this up. But really, the... the the take on it, everything I saw was fairly neutral and in some cases, in fact, positive. So you get, but you get any of the press on this out of the way before the Model launch so that it's not a distraction uh, because once the Model 3 is coming out, you don't want any distractions if you're Tesla Motors. You want the focus to be on the car and how hopefully good the car is uh, and not on some secondary thing like, oh, but the supercharging, uh, they just changed it so it's it's not free for life anymore. You don't want that if you're Tesla. So now does seem like a pretty good time here. If if indeed we're looking at T-minus approximately 12 to 13 months until the first Model 3 deliveries, maybe less, you know, if, if, if Elon actually stays on delivery target, uh, which again, you know, is, uh, I love and respect the heck out of Elon, but it would be the first time for any of the the current, you know, any of the four cars, the first three cars have, have not shipped on time. So we'll see. We'll see. And I'll tell you, uh, while I'm still, the other thing I had, the other thought I had about this topic before I move on, while I'm still holding out hope that the quote unquote, something special that Elon promised for us March 31st, day one Model 3 reservation holders, back when he replied to my tweet last week, which if you, if you listen to last week's show, you heard that. I wonder if it's possible that that something special could I might, might either be free supercharging for life for the day one reservation holders. That would be a very, very cool token of appreciation for those of us that camped out and waited in line. And it wouldn't necessarily cost Tesla a lot of money, honestly. Or probably more realistically, because you know usually you think about, oh, well, that wouldn't that be great? And it's usually it's usually not quite as the, the 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 bonus thing you're hoping for is usually not quite as good in reality as it is in your head. But maybe it would be something like twice as many free. Maybe it's 800 free kilowatt hours 
per year for the day one, uh, for the March 31st Model 3 reservation holders. Of course, again, I I'm probably still getting my hopes up too high, but it's nice to daydream about, right? On the note of this topic of supercharging, I wanted to take a call here from Austin in Petaluma, who is uh, a little concerned about this. So let's go to Austin. You, sir, you are on the air. Hey, Ryan. It's Austin calling in from Petaluma, California. I'm calling in to comment on Tesla's recent blog post about the updates to its supercharging program. I'm honestly not surprised to see Tesla going in this direction, particularly after the leak of the energy credits on the My Tesla webpage. My main hope remains that supercharging will remain free when you purchase the vehicle and that you pay per use as opposed to having to pay several thousand dollars for supercharging and then pay again for the use of the supercharging stations. I knew that the free ride for unlimited supercharging in Tesla's wouldn't last forever and I expected to pay per use with my Model 3, but this double charge, in a sense, from my point of view, is definitely not as exciting. I'd definitely like to know your take on this, Ryan. Thanks again for the great show. Look forward to it every week. Austin, thank you for the call. Austin, in fact, actually emailed his call, and that's why they've got that nice, sweet, extra high quality there. So I've, I've been, uh, several of you, more and more folks have been doing that. So if you don't want to use the toll-free number, you can record it onto your phone or through your computer and go ahead and email it to me that way, teslapodcast at gmail.com. If, uh, if you don't want the pressure of having to get it right on a, uh, on a voicemail, you are welcome to email in your call. And I'll tell you, Austin, I, I suppose... I wonder if this is the, you know, the elimination of free supercharging for life. If this is the sort of the the rumored $2,000 price increase that uh, that we've been hearing about for a little while. Uh, the price, I mean, maybe, yeah, in fact, meaning the price stays the same and supercharging is no longer free for life. Unless I could be wrong and maybe the price is still going to be going up $2,000 sometime in the next little while here, which would effectively make it kind of like a $4,000 price increase. So uh, we'll see, but a good call from you there, Austin. Moving on this week, Nick Hoffman, longtime listener here and longtime Patreon supporter. Nick Hoffman pointed out some design studio changes this week to the Model S and Model X. So if you're in the market, pay attention here. The Model S now offers the premium white seats. Those are the same ones found in the Model X with the white interior, which is the synthetic leather. It looks and, see and feels just like leather, but it is in fact not. It's very supple. It's very nice. I mean, it's exactly what I would choose uh, really now with either car. I was going to say if I were getting a Model X, but either car I would choose the, the white because... It's now off uh, uh, available rather on the 90D as well as the performance, the P100D. When the when the ultra white interior was introduced into the Model S very recently with the P100D, it was only available on the P100D Ludicrous. So it is now being offered on the 90D as well. Still still not available on the 75 or the 60 for whatever reason. But for you prospective Model S owners. If you are planning on a 90D, or if this could be enough to, to push you over into a 90D, you've got the option for the premium white seats and interior. On the Model X side, the changes are a little bit more, I won't say drastic necessarily, but let's say more numerous. 
they've Tesla has completely revamped the interior options for the Model X. And what I mean by that is they've they've put them all into bundles. So you can't just mix and match practically any interior you want now. There's still a good number of choices here, but it's been divided up into five interior combination categories. You have white, which will get you those ultra white seats with the dark ash wood decor trim and black Alcantara headliner. You have the choice of black, which is black leather seats, figured ash wood decor, which is the lighter, more sort of naturally wood looking uh, trim and black Alcantara headliner. Black with light headliner, which is uh, the same exact thing except with the light Alcantara headliner. Tan, which is tan leather seats, the figured ash wood, which again is the lighter one, and the light Alcantara headliner. And finally, the multi-pattern black, if you don't want leather, the leather or the synthetic white, uh, you can choose multi-pattern black fabric seats, which will get you those seats as well as a plain black fabric headliner. It's not an Alcantara headliner with dark ash wood decor. And uh, now if you're, if you're sitting there thinking, oh man, that's a little limiting. Well, there is, there is one little extra nugget to this. Any of those can be swapped out to have the carbon fiber trim for an extra $250. So the carbon fiber still offered, but the rest of them are sort of locked to respective seat colors and interior combinations. As to why Tesla did this, I would have to imagine that it was done for assembly line efficiency. I mean, we've, we've seen it throughout Tesla's life, uh, certainly, of course, notably since the launch of the Model S and, you know, since the, since the birth of the Tesla factory, we've been seeing Tesla tweak and adjust uh, the options as time has gone on. And we've, of course, heard a lot in recent months, well, really throughout 2016 from Elon Musk about the machine that makes the machine, which, by the way, we're going to talk more about in a second, and the factory actually being the important thing and being able to become a hundred times more efficient than they are now and, and all this. And this is probably another little step in, in that direction because I would venture a guess that they didn't just make this choice out of, they didn't just draw combinations out of a hat and go, uh, okay, uh, white's going to go with dark ash wood interior. No, uh, I suspect that the Model X interior combinations are bundled together the way they are because Tesla, of course, has reams of data that show the most common interior combinations that people have ordered. So I suspect that what we're seeing in the design studio now is likely those most commonly ordered combinations. And again, as for the S, I, I think it's it's great to see the ultra white seats offered on the 90D instead of, because really when they were locked to the P100D, you just had, that was such a step up in price. You know, there's such a huge price gap now between the 90D and the P100D that if you wanted those white seats, it, it was going to cost you a whole a whole bucket full of cash and then some. But uh, on, on the X, I, I would be okay with this, with this whole refresh, because I personally would want white in my Model X. 
And I, so I'd be totally good with either the dark ash wood or the, the, the upgrade to the carbon fiber. Either of those would be, would be fine with me. So uh, something to take note of if you are in the market for an S or an X. I mentioned a minute ago the machine that builds the machine that Elon's been talking a lot about lately, this, particularly this year. And uh, Tesla has bought out a German company to help build the machine that makes the machine. The company is called Groman Engineering. And here's an excerpt from Tesla's press release. They say, after increasing our output target to 500,000 cars per year by 2018, we began searching for the best engineering talent in automated manufacturing systems. Today, we are excited to announce that Tesla has entered into an agreement to acquire Groman Engineering, a world-renowned engineering company in Prüm, Germany, which will become Tesla Groman Automation. Led by founder and CEO Klaus Groman, Groman Engineering is one of the world leaders in highly automated methods of manufacturing. This transaction will bring Mr. Groman's leadership, a world-class team, and unique ex expertise in-house. Moreover, it will serve as the initial base for Tesla Advanced Automation Germany headquarters with other locations to follow. We expect to add over 1,000 advanced engineering and skilled technician jobs in Germany over the next two years. My takeaway from this is that uh, maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but it seems like everything is moving on schedule for the Model 3 so far. Uh, remember, too, that the first Model 3s are going to be developed by, as Elon has phrased it a couple times, version 0.5 of the so-called alien dreadnought menu, you know, uh, factory before they eventually get to alien dreadnought 1.0. So the timing of all that feels pretty good. If they're going to start manufacturing cars in about, you know, 9, 10, 11 months from now, that, you know, that, that feels pretty good. Speaking of Germany, Tesla has unbundled some options off of the cars in order to qualify for a discount, an EV incentive in Germany. The, the country there recently started up a new electric vehicle incentive program. It offers a 4,000 euro discount when you buy an electric vehicle provided the base price of the EV is under 60,000 euros. Now, up until this move by Tesla, the Model S did not sneak under that. Now it will, because Tesla took a bunch of what are standard features over here in North America, and they, put, they lumped them all together in a 5,200 euro comfort package, and they're selling that as an option. I mean, it's it, the cost is they basically just they just took everything. The, the price of the car is not higher. They just took everything and broke it off into a, an option package so that they could qualify, so that customers in Germany could qualify for this four thousand euro discount. To give you an idea, the items, some of the items in this comfort package that that uh, Tesla has moved off here in order to skirt around this this uh, this little law is. The GPS navigation, rear-facing camera, parking sensors, home link for your garage, memory seats, internet radio, blind spot warning, folding mirrors, and a few others. Now, for those of you who remember the early days of the Model S, that should sound 
fairly familiar because a lot of that stuff was in the tech package in the early days. And in fact, the, the, the stuff that wasn't, this, everything I mentioned that wasn't in the tech package at one point was an a la carte item that you had to order separately for a while. The parking sensors were separate. They're, they were a $500 option for a little while. Uh, I believe the folding mirrors might have also been an option for a little while before they became standard. But to me, this is an example of where Tesla being a very, very nimble car company, which we've seen from them a lot, and especially compared to a lot of other car companies, it's where that it really benefits them. Uh, and in this case, obviously, the, the real winner is, is customers in Germany. I think this is a very, very smart move by Tesla. Good on them for, uh, for reacting quickly and being able to serve their prospective customers in Germany and make the cars even more appealing to German consumers. Finally, this week, Model 3 showed up, the prototype, the silver prototype, the same one I wrote in, one of uh, two working prototypes that were at the Model 3 reveal event. The other one, of course, was the matte black car with those aero wheels. Uh, the, but the silver prototype, the one that they've been doing most of the photography and most of the public showings with, it made another appearance at a... Tesla company appreciation party that they held and, and invited everyone and their families to at a soccer stadium in San Jose, California, just on the other side of the bay uh, from, from the factory and also fairly close, just, uh, just down 280 a bit from the uh, Deer Creek headquarters in Palo Alto. So they had everybody together for a big Q3 appreciation party uh, and the Model 3 prototype was there. It was, it was just cordoned off, but a lot of pictures were posted of it online, and we got to see a couple of neat little things. Nothing really newsworthy here, but I'll just pass along that the car had a new steering wheel attached to it. It no longer, it wasn't that, uh, in my opinion, awkward-looking two-prong steering wheel. Uh, it had a more traditional three-prong steering wheel attached to it, uh, but it, that steering wheel didn't have any buttons on it. Instead, it just had the two scroll wheels, like the S and X both have, but without the the two, you know, the, the actual physical buttons that are on the S and X steering wheel. So that was kind of interesting. And then the other thing that I noticed from the photographs was uh, a very clever, very cool touch that I really, really hope makes it to production. And that's uh, the Model 3 logo. You know, it's the three horizontal lines with, uh, you know, and the, 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 each of the three bars is sort of, the edges are cut at sort of a downward tilt a little bit, if you can picture what I'm talking about. If you can't remember what I'm talking about, just go to Tesla's website and click on the Model 3 section and you'll be reminded quickly. But that exact logo is cut out in the, on the brake pedal. So the brake pedal, it's an aluminum, you know, silver aluminum metal brake pedal, as well as a, an accelerator pedal as well. But the brake pedal has the cutout uh, in the middle of it of the Model 3 logo. So to the kind of untrained eye, it just looks like, oh, just, you know, kind of like a style thing. Like, oh, there's just, it's, the, it's a metal pedal, but, you know, because most brake pedals have some sort of little design on them, whether it's just like a simple, uh, what, what's the term I'm looking for? Just sort of a 
cut into square rubber square rectangles just for grip or you know or or you know there's there's usually some kind of pattern and in this case the Tesla has put on put the the Model 3 logo itself on the brake pedal which I thought was a really really cool subtle touch so I hope that makes it to production and on a side note by the way I think it's very very cool of Tesla to hold a party like that for the whole company and their families after they asked, I mean, Elon, you remember the, the email that, that leaked out that Elon sent to the entire company where, you know, Elon asked a lot of everyone in the company in that huge Q3 push, which, the, which was successful. They were profitable, and that was so important for Tesla to do. So uh, I think it's fantastic that, that Tesla held a, an appreciation event for the employees. That's, that's really, really great of them. All right. That will do it for this week's news. I'm going to come right back as usual. Got a good handful of excellent calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline for you right after this. Welcome back, and it's time for the Ride the Lightning hotline, the part of the show where you participate with your questions, comments, discussion topics, you can call in any time, day or night, because you're just leaving a voicemail. Uh, that toll-free number, call or Skype, and it's 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA, if that helps you remember it a little better. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And a reminder that uh, last weekend, uh, the a huge edition of the Patreon-exclusive bonus episode for all you $10 and up pledgers went up, and it included uh, Robert from Boulder, Jay from L.A., Lawton from Chicago, Joe from Northwest Indiana, Thomas from SoCal, Ralph from L.A., Mark from Vermont, Keith from San Diego, Greg from Sydney, and Joe Willett from Michigan. So uh, check that out if you are a Patreon pledger uh, and you haven't listened to any of those bonus episodes yet. We start off with Jay from Australia who comments on the Model 3's possible solar roof that we talked about last week and maybe the, a reason why we shouldn't get quite super excited about it just yet. So Jay, you're on the air. Hi Ryan, it's Jay from Canberra, Australia. I uh, just wanted to leave a comment uh, and probably some reality basing on the idea of putting uh, like solar panels in the roof of your vehicle. Um, the sun puts out about one kilowatt of energy per square metre on the ground in optimal conditions, obviously uh, optimal altitude, uh, latitude and also uh, no overcast. Uh, a normal photovoltaic panel is about 20% efficient, so you're getting around 200 watts out of that square metre. What this means in terms of a vehicle in that, is that in an absolute best-case situation of an opt optimally orientated panel sitting on the roof of your car, in five hours of sunlight, you'll get one kilowatt hour of energy in your car. So if you've got an 80 kilowatt hour battery, you've charged it 180th. So the idea, um, it sounds great, 
but pragmatically, it's it's barely a trickle charge. It might be useful in extreme emergencies if you get stuck somewhere, but that's the absolute possible best it could be. Uh, if there's overcast, if, if your car has any shading, if it's not optimally angled towards the sun, um, it's it's going to be a lot worse than that. So it's really not a pragmatic solution. I think Musk was really um, being a bit uh, just joking uh, when he was talking about actual PV in the roof of the car because it just doesn't really add a lot uh, compared to the cost and how you're going to manage it. But cool idea if we had better efficient uh, solar panels. But uh, keep up the good work. Cheers, Pope. Thank you for that call, Jay. I knew it wasn't a game changer, but uh, I have to say, I have to say thank you because you really quantified exactly how minimally beneficial a solar roof on the Model 3 would appear to be. Uh, it's interesting that you think Elon's joking. Like, that's how little uh, benefit it it's, would seem to provide that, that that leads you to that conclusion. But, I mean, I'm not so sure if Elon's joking... Because if anything, at, I mean, in the worst case scenario, it's the, a solar roof is free advertising for Tesla's solar business. So, you know, it's like you get that on your car and you think, oh, it's helping power my car. Maybe I should, maybe I should get it for my house. So, you know, it, it could just be for marketing. I mean, Elon's never really been that kind of executive where he does things, you know, he, he doesn't seem to do things unless there is an actual tangible benefit. But uh, I just wonder if Elon has something else up his sleeve with this. Maybe not. I mean, maybe it, like I said, maybe it is more of a marketing ploy for SolarCity. Uh, regardless, by the way, the merger uh, vote is coming up this, this coming week here on the 17th, I believe it is. But you're not necessarily, I'm not willing to dismiss you, or your, your theory, that is, because Elon does joke around on Twitter, and he has an interesting sense of humor on sometimes on the conference calls and, and at uh, public speaking events. So it's entirely possible that he is just sort of joking about all this. And I guess we'll find out soon enough, one way or the other. I'm going to go now to Walter from Vancouver Island in Canada. He wanted to comment on uh, last week, a call from last week about deliver, getting the car delivered to you versus picking it up at the factory and how uh, Summon could actually benefit that. So, Walter, take it away. Hey, Ryan. It's uh, Walter calling from Vancouver Island, Canada again. Uh, just two quick comments. Um, one of your callers last week uh, was asking whether whether you plan to get your vehicle delivered to your house or picked up at the factory and the pros and cons of either. Um, I've been a firm believer for quite a while now, ever since Tesla showed off that uh, snake, uh, automatic snake uh, supercharging cord, that the future of Tesla car deliveries is probably going to be autonomous. They've got these superchargers all over the continent right now. And these cars at some point, not necessarily on the first release of the Model 3, but at some point could very well be leaving the factory and charging in route and, uh, arriving arriving at your door uh, without any form of transport um, bringing them along. Um, the electric semi-truck also has a possibility in that for longer distances, but living in the Bay Area, the idea that the vehicle might be delivered on the back of a truck uh, 
as opposed to just driving it self-autonomously uh, is an interesting concept. Anyway, really love the podcast. Have yourself a great week. Thank you, Walter. I'm actually going to play real quick. Ramey from the Netherlands had a, has a, ta- a comment rather on a similar topic, so I'll reply to both of you at once. Ramey, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Ramey from the Netherlands. I wanted to chime in on the topic of getting your car delivered to your home. Uh, you discussed with uh, James last week, the caller from last week. Um, I think it would be just an awesome idea that the Tesla would not be delivered to your home by a truck, but by itself. I mean, it's a self-driving car after all. Uh, so um, that would be the perfect option for me. I don't live anywhere near a factory. So for me, that would be just awesome. Uh, just uh, look at my Tesla app, see that my car is ready. Uh, it's coming to me wherever I am at that moment, and uh, it's getting delivered to my home or office. Uh, I hope to hear your thoughts about that. Uh, I do realize that we early reservation holders won't uh, get this option, but I think uh, sometime in the future this should be possible, and I do think that this is uh, Elon Musk's ultimate plan to get all future Teslas delivered to your home driving themselves. So you don't have the cost of renting a truck or something like that. That would be just great. I hope to hear your thoughts about this. Thank you for your podcast. I love to listen to it every week. Thank you for the calls, gentlemen. Now, neither of you are the first person to float this theory about summon deliveries, and I'm totally on board with it. But just trying to think through it, one problem with it that I see. What about liability in case anything goes wrong while the car is autonomously en route to you, when it's while it's delivering itself to you. What if a rock flies up and takes out a chunk of paint or cracks the windshield? Uh, what if another car hits it and your car is damaged in transit? What about the, uh, you know, because it's, I think about that because I'm the one of the, I'm one of these really obsessed nutcases with protecting my cars and taking care of my cars where I've I've read enough accounts from S and X owners on the Tesla Motors Club forums that I want to hopefully be able to set aside enough money when I buy the car, when I buy my Model 3 to do paint correction to correct all the blemishes from the factory, optico-coat to seal it down, uh, and ex- and and full expel wrap uh, over the entire car to help, again, protect the finish. I want to maximize the protection on that finish. You know, th- the things you discuss are not unsolvable issues, guys, but I think they are issues nevertheless. Uh, thank you both for the call. Vi from Vegas now calling in about the Tesla network, wondering what happens, kind of a similar thing. What happens if someone hits the car? Vi, take it away. Hey, Ryan, it's uh, Vahe from Vegas again. I'm going to try to get through this quick. I know you in your 90-second thing. Um, I'm just calling with a, a concern uh, for Model 3. Uh, I'm like you. When the ride share comes available, I don't want somebody in my car that I don't know without me in it, and I want to, but I will use it for my family. Um, my concern is I haven't heard anything about Let's say my car drops me off at work and I tell my car to go home. Now, what happens if somebody hits that car? Uh, just wondering if it'll give me an alert or, you know what I mean? It's just, there's a lot of question marks in that department. 
people on the road see a car driving by itself, kids will probably want to mess with it and see how if it reacts, if they swerve towards it or something like that. I'm just kind of wondering your opinion on that. And for uh, supercharging, um, not necessarily a concern, but I have all the faith in Elon that he will come up with an amazing solution of having charging stations, more like the gas stations like you guys were just talking about last week, um, probably powered by Powerwall, the whole Tesla station, and figure out a way of charging them faster than what they're charging now. Uh, one thought that I did have is I know when you set up uh, trips, it will tell you you should charge here at this time, things like that. Um, for a short-term fix, if you have the ability to set a reservation of you know you're, you will be arriving at that supercharger uh, station at 3 o'clock in the afternoon if you could reserve a bay for 45 minutes. So that way it could communicate back to the Tesla hub and send it out to all the other Teslas, letting them know, like, hey, this Tesla supercharging station is all uh, booked up for the next couple hours. Maybe take this route instead and make a reservation at this charging station instead. Just a thought. I think that would be a, a, a an easier fix for them for now before Model 3 comes. And once Model 3 comes, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a whole other heap of problems that they will fix in time. Um, besides that, I hope uh, MTB is doing really good. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Vi, thank you for the love shown to MTB, as you guys have taken to calling her, which I think is adorable. Uh, yeah, she's sleeping right now. <laughs> uh, she got back to work at her volunteering gig this week and, and did very well. Uh, and the, the kids that we read with in, in the reading program didn't even have to know, didn't know that she was in such a scary scenario just a week prior. So uh, thank you for your concern and well wishes there. As to your question... We've talked about how the autonomous driving situation is going to require an update to how insurance companies do business. You know, they're going to have to learn how to deal with this. But I have to say, you raised the added point about an accident. Fortunately, remember that the cars going forward now all have 40 times more processing power and eight cameras that can see all around the car. So I would really have to imagine slash hope that Tesla's going to use those cameras and log a bit of footage in the event of any detected accident, whether it's driverless or not. As for the supercharger congestion, a reservation system seems like it could get abused in the sense of, uh, and what I mean by that is people not showing up when they're supposed to, thinking, oh, well, I've got a reservation for uh, for a supercharger stall, but I'm just going to get some ice cream first. So uh, I, I do worry about that. But there's no reason that the car's map software couldn't at least tell you if you should expect a line at the supercharger, like you suggested, or reroute you because of it. Uh, let's hope that that functionality is added soonish. Okay, two more calls for you this week. The first one is from Eric in Chicago uh, talking about the $42,500 expected average sale price on Model 3 that Elon had previously mentioned and how the hardware 2 and full self-driving capability might factor into that. So Eric, take it away. Hey Ryan, this is Eric from Chicago. First off, let me say hats off to you for... Uh, 
getting your question answered finally directly from Elon in an indirect way um, that we will have something special for us uh, March 31st reservation holders. Um, I had a couple of thoughts uh, listening to last week's show. And uh, one of those was in regard to um, uh, pricing on the uh, full self-driving capability. And uh, Elon had remarked uh, a long time ago that he thought the average selling price for the Model 3 was going to be 42 Point five, um, which you know would be in line with uh, about what they're asking for uh, full self-driving capability. Um, but I had an interesting thought as regards to funding that. Um, with the advent of the Tesla network and everything like that, I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if uh, Tesla allowed Model 3 owners who couldn't necessarily afford the full self-driving off the bat to uh, submit their cars to the self-driving fleet, um, thereby earning funds, um, Toward the uh, full self-driving, um, and uh, you know, once they uh, get there, once they've earned enough in um, uh, ride sharing, uh, you get a nice achievement unlocked on your Model Three for full self-driving. So um, you could just fund the self-driving um, by the car taking uh, ride-sharing trips, and then uh, when you finally get it for yourself, then um, achievement unlocked. You have the full. You've paid for the full thing through your car's efforts. Anyway, I just thought that would uh, be so cool just to have <laughs> have that uh, achievable for uh, for anyone, where you could just um, kind of fund it as you go. Anyway, uh, love the podcast. Thanks for everything, man. Uh, You're great and uh, really excited about all this new stuff. Eric, this is a really, really great idea because it would be a way to encourage Tesla owners to use the Tesla network while at the same time promoting the use of sustainable transport, which, as nary a week goes by without me saying, is the primary goal, say it with me, of Tesla Motors and Elon Musk. So fantastic idea. I hope Tesla is listening if they have if they don't already have that on their on their uh, roadmap. Final call this week comes to us from Diego in Portland, who uh, dis- respectfully disagrees with me. I was a little down on the solar roof tile event from two or three weeks back. He is uh, a little more bullish on it, and let's hear from him. Diego, take it away. Hey Ryan, this is Diego in Portland. Just wanted to give you my reaction to the third quarter earnings call and the Tesla solar roof uh, event. Um, Regarding the solar roof, you mentioned you were kind of disappointed on there were no details regarding costs. And I think that just had to do with the purpose of the event, which was to really show what the vision of this Tesla Solar City merger would have to offer. So they really don't need to provide any details at that point. It's just it's just a vision that if this merger goes through, this is what you can expect. So I thought it was it's actually really well done. At the at first initially I was like, wow, there's a lot of information lacking, but you know, it's why would they put that much effort into it if the companies haven't merged yet? Um, so that's my reaction to to the solar roof, which by the way, Powerwall 2, I want one so badly. It looks really good and actually doable. So I'm really excited about Powerwall 2. And regarding the earnings call, it was a really good earnings call. A lot of the bears and shorts are pulling at straws to nitpick the the statements, uh, saying that they're only profitable because of the ZEV credits and they're doing financial 
pulling financial tricks to make themselves look profitable. But in reality, other companies do the same thing to make them look profitable. You know, they will buy back stock to boost earnings. It's no different. It's just part of being a public company. So I thought the third quarter results were actually really good. And I was very surprised to hear Elon saying that they are planning on being profitable in Q4. So here's to a good close of the year. All right. Thanks for everything you do. Bye. Diego, you make a fair point about the vision versus the nitty-gritty details. I suppose, though, that since this is such a new thing, these, these solar roof tiles, as compared to a car, which, you know, you have a ballpark expectation for the cost associated with a car when you first see it in concept or prototype form, the solar roof is just so out there, in, in a cool way, by the way, that the lack of any real-world context for it, and by that I mean pricing, the thing, one of the things I was really complaining about, that's what just didn't sit super well with me. I, there's just no context, so I don't even know... I mean, I know what I see what I'm looking at, but I don't have any context for what it means, how much it's going to cost me, whereas when the Model 3 is trotted out, I think, oh, okay, well, I know what I'm looking at here. I'm looking at a smaller Model S uh, with probably fewer bells and whistles, and of course... It's a bad example because Tesla had already said right in the Model 3 reveal event that the car was going to start at $35,000. But uh, I'm very curious to find out the costs that are going to be associated with solar roof, which uh, I suppose, I wonder if it's even going to happen if the merger isn't approved. Now, I know Elon's been out there saying he's very confident it's going to pass. And I guess uh, on next week's show, we'll be able to talk about the results of that, whether it's passed or not. That's the last of my calls this week. If you would like to give a ring, you can do so anytime. Toll-free, day or night, phone or Skype. Uh, the toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Or again, as I said, if you would rather just uh, it feel a little less pressure talking into your phone, uh, on the voice recorder and then just emailing me the file. You can do that too. Just uh, send it on over to teslapodcast at gmail.com. All right, friends, I'll be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. I want to start by thanking uh, my Patreon producers. These are the very, very kind souls who pledge $20 or more per month in support of the podcast, which, as I've told you, it's a lot goes into it each and every week, and I really appreciate these folks' support in particular. These folks are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, the aforementioned Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, Jonathan Wales, John Walltower, and Scott Gillis. You can uh, visit the Patreon site for the podcast here at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast if you'd like to just see what the whole pledging and supporting the podcast thing is all about. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan or email me teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you are in the market for Tesla accessories or some cool Tesla stuff for you non-owners, take a look at abstractocean.com. 
Com, and they have kindly offered up a 20% discount code for listeners of this podcast. So when you've got everything you want in your cart, go to checkout and enter the coupon code RTL Podcast. That's all one word, RTL Podcast, to get 20% off of your order. Thank you so much to abstractocean.com for extending that very kind courtesy to my audience. Uh, Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter will help keep you up to date on the week's happenings in Tesla in a very concise, fun, easy to to keep track of uh, email way. It's a newsletter sent to you each and every Friday. Sign up for free at teslaweekly.com. If you're looking for more of a daily Tesla news fix, might I suggest teslarati.com. Gene and Electric Gen and all the wonderful folks there are very supportive of this podcast, and uh, they do a great job of keeping tabs on everything happening in the world of Tesla. Finally this week, if you are in the market for a Tesla, you heard earlier in the show how free supercharging for life is going to be going away at the first of the year. So if you've been on the fence and you're thinking, well, maybe this, maybe now's the time, why don't you get yourself $1,000 off of your SRX? And to do that, put this into your browser. It's a short link, and it's ts.la slash michael2204. So what that's going to do is take you to a the design studio, configure the car you want, order it, be done. You'll get $1,000 off. Michael from Milbray will get the referral prizes, and I will get, courtesy of Michael... The uh, his raffle chances to win the ludicrous S or X that will be uh, drawn at the end of the referral program. So everybody wins, or at least you win for sure in that scenario. And I'm content to just have the chance to win. That's that's all I'm looking for. All right. So uh, if you're new to the show, why not subscribe to it and just get it automatically delivered to you each week? You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher. Tune in, or you can hit up the RSS feed on the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. For a now napping Maggie the Boxer, she's about to, I'm about to say, see, if I say W-A-L-K, she will wake up and pop her head up and be expecting it. So I'm not going to say the word, but that is what she and I are going to go do now on a uh, very nice fall day here in San Francisco. I hope you're having a very nice day wherever you are. Again, thank you all so much for generously giving me, you know, 45 minutes to an hour of your time, however long this episode ends up being. I really appreciate your time each and every week as well as your support. Thank you all. I'll see you next week. Happy electric motoring.